Hello, and welcome to Deep Programmed on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carrie Smith. I'm very excited to be joined by two lovely sisters I got to hang out with recently on their show. Michelle and Natalie are the co-hosts of Force of Light Entertainment. On Force of Light Entertainment, they review movies, discuss rumors, and give commentary on current events in the world of entertainment. Michelle is an ordained minister and currently working on her dissertation for her PhD in theology. You can find them on YouTube at Force of Light Entertainment and also on Twitter. Welcome, Michelle and Nat Natalie. Hello. Hey, happy to be here. Hi. Thanks for joining me. I um, In reading your bio, this is one of the things I wanted to ask you about right off the bat. You guys have this interesting overlap of uh, being in the theology world, in the Christian world, and in the entertainment world. And you have a lot of, your show has a lot to do with Star Wars and sort of the pop culture. Like you run in the same circles as the Friday Night Tights guys. Yeah. So what is that like? You're one of the few people I know who sort of straddles both of those worlds. Well, <coughs> you know, when I, I was the one who came up with the idea and we actually started as a podcast and I originally came up with Force of Light podcast for to do a Christian, exclusively a Christian podcast. And as I began to kind of pray about it and think about it, I was like, Natalie, why don't we start entertainment? Because I've always loved movies. Like I've always, I mean, thoroughly loved talking she movies, does. breaking down movies, discussing movies. And so we started that. She brought me along for the ride. Yes, she, yes. <laughs> it's, it's been a fun ride <laughs> yes. so far. But yeah, so we kind of got started that way. And, and one thing, because I, I watched and, it. And Force of Light, the name, it's sort of a play on Star Wars and God a little yes, bit, isn't definitely. it? Definitely. Yes. Uh force, of course, being the force. Um <laughs> right. and then also uh light being uh John especially always talks, refers to Christians as being of the light, and God is light, and in him there is no darkness. So it's kind of a play on both of those, and mm -hmm. and also too a scripture uh I believe I said this on our channel, a very uh, debated scripture as to what is being referenced, where Jesus says the violent take it by force, that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the, the violent take it by force. And anyways, the way, regardless of how Jesus actually meant it, I just kind of took it as the church being like one single force that kind of pushes back against the darkness. Yeah. Uh, and and, and there, there's where we got force of light. Mm -hmm. But then also, too, I was watching because I used to, I because I love movies, would watch different entertainment channels, break down movies and things. And one time I was watching this channel and they brought up they were talking about box offices and they brought up the box office for this this Christian uh, movie that had been released, I think, called like I Believe. And the person that was discussing it just so sarcastically was like, I don't believe. And it it it. it it bothered me so much that it's like, <laughs> you know what? There's a lot of Christians like me who enjoy entertainment and who enjoy yeah. movies and discussing TV. Like I want them to have a space where they can come and they're not going to have their faith mocked uh, on our channel. So, so that's kind of how we got right. started with it. But uh, you would say, would it be accurate to say your show in terms of the topics you cover more often falls in the entertainment space? And Definitely. it's not a Christian show. It's an entertainment show. And you happen it, to be Christian. 
It is. Yes, we spr- we sprinkle it in there. <laughs> yes, and, and, and whether people always realize it or not, how I mean, how often I basically quote scripture without quoting scripture, like because that is as as a Christian. Michelle speaks in code. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like as a Christian. I mean, that's your that's my worldview. Uh, mm-hmm. the, it's the way I interpret everything. So that comes out if I'm talking about woke people trying to come against uh, Lord of the Rings and Tolkien's work. Uh, that's just going to kind of come out as I'm talking about that. I'm not necessarily intentionally addressing Christianity, but yet it's kind of, because it's how I see the world, it's infused well, in and, it. Well, and as, as vague as this is, most things are kind of light or dark. You yeah. Know? It's, <laughs> it's like you're kind of one or the other. Yeah. Things an agenda is one or the other, you know. Yes. Yeah. I find it being a relatively new Christian, it, it, like you said, it's your worldview. It's the lens through which you interpret the world and, and how to be, how to behave in the world. And, you know, I used to be a social justice warrior. That what used to be my belief system. That was the lens through which I viewed the world. And so it just naturally will come out in, in certain ways. Or like you said, with these, uh, when you do quotations, because, you're going to have a lot of stuff in your mind if you're reading scripture anyway, that like, Oh, this relates to this and sort of bringing it up. So you guys just sprinkle it in a little bit. We do. And everyone, especially say like in our Wednesday chat that you were in, they all know we're Christian. And even if maybe they are it, I mean, I think a lot of them do claim Christianity, but even if they are, they're cool with, with the amount we're going to well, throw of course, out there. I mean, I think this is needless to say, but everybody's welcome. I mean, yes. we always want everyone to feel welcome. Yes. And you're not, um, lately there's been kind of a, an interesting dust up in the online in the wrong thinker world among Christians and atheists. And in talking with some atheist friends, I was reminded recently that some Christians or people who claim to be Christian do not behave in Christian ways. <laughs> and so, yeah, and can be very, um, judgmental and like almost like a used car salesman and trying to convert their atheist friends. Um, do you, yeah. do you know that type of person that I'm talking about? Like I, I've, I've, I, I, I tend to be a little bit naive being a new Christian, being surrounded by some people who are, I think very open-minded and loving. And I think who are behaving in the ways that Jesus commands us to behave and, you know, good role models for me. And so I forget that there's that other type out there and I know a few of them, but I have to remind myself. Well, I mean, we we grew up in the the Bible Belt in the South, and that can be a plus and a minus. (laughs) Uh, And one thing that I would say as someone, because I really got serious with God when I was about 20. And I'm the type person, I'm all in or all out. And like when I was all in for Christianity, like it really bothered me to see how many people because in America, there's a lot of nominal Christians. They are Christian in name only. Right. And, and they may. Kind of like my parents are Christian, so I'm a Christian. You know, it's yes. like they don't even, you know, it's just kind of something that it's like in country songs and like it's part of Americana and, you know, yes. you're a Christian. And yes. you get that, you get that a lot, especially in the South. It's just like when I was in Italy, uh, a man said, in Italy, everyone's Catholic, but no one goes to church. <laughs> you That's know, kind of like the South. Yes. Right? No. And a lot of people do go to church in the South, but yeah. but there is to, it's kind of a part of the culture to a degree. Right. I mean, not that plenty don't go, but it is a part of it. So you do get people, 
uh, that, you know, I, I'm not going to question some of their salvation or anything like that, but you get a lot of people that I just, I just, they're not really living out the gospel. And that's very obvious in the way that they live their life. And, and it does, bo it is bothersome. Because it's not, you know, especially the very, say, judgmental Christian that I think you saw in the late 90s and kind of 80s and things like that. Like, what good does that do? Like, yeah. who has been converted by being yeah. yelled at or, or things like that? No one. No one has yeah. chosen Christ that way. <laughs> exactly. Right. In fact, there's that. I always think of that verse now, the one about uh, by their fruit, you shall know them. Because it's sort of like. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or atheist or what, what have you. If 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 you're behaving in such a way, if you're living in such a way that people say, "Hey, I want some of that," like, what's different about you? Yes, that's that's the, you know the proof is in the pudding. You don't have to go out and tell people, "I've discovered this, and you need to do this too." And and it's much more effective to see people practicing what they preach or living the way they preach and discovering their beliefs through how they live, no matter what those beliefs are. So. Um, yeah, you know, th this is something I've been thinking about it, and maybe you, you can give me your thoughts on this. It occurs to me that when a belief system becomes popular, like the dominant belief system, it becomes culturally popular and it's been adopted that you get a lot of people who I wouldn't say necessarily are true believers are sort of latecomers to it because now it's mainstreamed and that's, and so they nominally will go through the motions of like, this is what I do to to have social status and this is the norm. And I've, we've seen that with social justice. I saw it because I was in it for 20 years and for a long time, it wasn't culturally dominant. I was the, I worked in entertainment and I was the weirdo feminist manager <laughs> when nobody else was kind of in that, in that cult yet, uh, or very few of us were, we were like the true believers, the few of us. But now it's so popular, social justice as a religion, it's so popular that you see McDonald's speaking it. You see comedians who never preached it before. Jimmy Kimmel speaks woke now. It's like all oh, these yeah. latecomers yeah. to it who just pick it up because now it's mainstreamed. Yeah. And it was a mind flip for me to realize, oh, duh, that happens with any belief system. Like what you're saying, if it's in the culture, like Christianity, you're going to have people who are just kind of going with the flow. And maybe it's not a... Maybe it's not a system of belief that they came to through hard like work and thinking about things for a long time. It's just they were raised in it. It's the culture. They don't really think about it very much. Well, yes. and I get this a lot. And I'm, I'm sure you two have like, well, you know, are you are you a believer? Do you, well, I, I believe in God. I mean, I believe in Jesus. You know, and it's like, okay, but are I mean, you see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah I mean, we can you know, the devil knows about God and Jesus, we, you know, but it's like, but do you, do you have a relationship? You know, that's really what it's about. Yes. Yeah. It's about, I mean, a scripture I kind of think about a lot on that carry is in James and it says, oh, you believe in God. Even the demons believe in God and tremble <laughs> and tremble. Yes, that's and true. Like, and it's like, you know, to just kind of have a mental assent to God, is it the salvation of the Bible? So you see that a lot in our culture. And I think, you know, the negative is maybe people don't really uh, truly embrace Christianity the way they should, some of them. But then uh, the positive, when it's just kind of dominant in culture, is, that, you know, I think we've seen that. I kind of think we're living now what's happened when you push God out of schools and when you push God out of everything. 
and kind of the society we live in where really politics are the god of the day. And the media is just yes. totally taken over. And I mean, just just kind of the craziness we've seen over the last couple of years, I, I think is a result of that, which again, I, I prefer people to have a, as a minister, a true relationship with the Lord. But as God has gone pushed out of culture, I think we are seeing some negative aspects to that. Would, would you say, Would I've started to think a lot about um, the concept of like what defines human, what separates us from the animals and, you know, somebody, people might describe that as consciousness. Um, but one of the ways you might think about it and my, my preacher at church on the square, um, Bradley Helgerson is the one who, who sort of opened this line of thinking for me. What if humans are defined by their desire to worship? So instead of, I think, therefore I am, I worship, therefore I am. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting thought experiment. And the more I've been like dwelling on that, I think he might be right because I see people substituting, whether you think humans are designed that way or not, I would say if I were talking to an atheist, they would say humans aren't designed by create. Okay, fine. But, but do they tend towards, do they want to worship? Do, do you see in practice that humans tend to need something to worship? And I think maybe they, we do because they, yeah. they, we replace, we, we worship that. We worship products, consumerism, the government, politicians, celebrities, ourselves. <laughs> yes. I mean, sometimes, yes. sometimes even people can, I think you see this even, well, I think you see it in today's society, but you even see when Paul went to Athens and began to speak with them, people can begin to, or who are atheists can begin to worship their idea of their ability to reason and reason becomes a God in its own way. In my, my personal opinion on that. Proving somebody mm-hmm. wrong becomes a God in its own way. Yeah. You know? Being right. Yes. Yeah. So I I definitely believe that because I am one, I'd say as your pastor is too, I'm one who believes like as human beings, we were born to live in fellowship with God and to have that relationship, that connection to be in worship to God. And if you don't have that, as you said, you're you're going to replace it with something else. Yeah. Yeah. If that, if that purpose, because I found in my life, and I'm so far, I think, from where I want to be in life, you know, but uh, it's like the only time you truly feel satisfied, you know, is like if you're being used for your purpose that God created you for, you know, whatever that is for all the various individuals. But, you know, I think God gives everybody gifts. And when you're operating in those, you know, you feel the most alive. And, you know, so I don't know. I think that's people want to get to that. I yeah. think, and I think my like atheist friends, and obviously our co- my co-host on Unsafe Space, Carter's atheist. I think, I think he might agree with that. Just if we if we took out the part about that God created us for, he obviously wouldn't agree with that. But right. I think even he would say when a person's doing what they're called to do or what they feel is purposeful, what they feel is purposeful, that that's that's uh, more important than I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he would say that's of utmost importance, probably. Like deep um, down. Yeah. It's like, it's like the most yeah. important, I think. Well, you know, I think it's why it's why, okay. My love of star Wars, one of the most infamous shots in cinema history is when Luke Skywalker in a, or a new hope he goes and, and the music begins to play for the first time, the force theme. And you, uh, 
he looks out over the suns and and people just love that image that moment and it's like because george lucas tapped into human nature where there's this longing for more like to desire more to have a purpose like i i have purpose i'm here for a reason there's hope you know mm -hmm. So I know you have to leave at some point, Natalie. So before you go, I just kind of jumped into the faith stuff. And I hope that our atheist part of our community is still sticking with us. They're really good sports. Because uh, now I want to backtrack a little bit before you leave. Can you tell us, walk us through, one of the things I like to do on Deprogram is, because it is a show about social justice ideology. And I like to hear about how people became aware of social justice and if they do talk about it in their work or what have you, like, how did they start doing that? And so can you tell us a little bit about your background, like where you guys come from, how you started doing the podcast? And that's three questions. Third question is social justice. Like, <laughs> when did you first become aware of it? So when did you, because as a, it's a good question, actually, I was trying to think about that, like the, when it really became kind of mainstream, so to say, like, because like for me, as I told you, when you were on our channel, it was watching an interview with you that some of the things I had kind of could it ever piece together in my own mind began like the light bulbs began to, to go off like and an like, agenda being pushed. Yes. That was exposed for you. by I, Carrie. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, say something with with me, say. I, I believe in having strong women in movies and, and things like that. And you would hear some people talk negatively about that. And I couldn't, I couldn't, they would talk about this SJW agenda. And all I would hear is, oh, they don't like women being the lead role. Like they have a problem with women in the spot. And it was when I listened to you on that interview, I was able to begin to connect and piece together, oh, like, maybe there's something to this. Like, maybe it's not just that they don't like women, but there actually is an agenda that is being pushed. And women at times are a part of that uh, in this. So that it was. So that would have been, I think, I believe I first saw you on YouTube. I want to say like summer of 2020 is when. And for Natalie, like, when did you kind of become aware? Well, I mean, gosh, my mind can ramble, but I'm just thinking, you know, with the media and over the decades, you know, you'll watch, they progress and progress and progress these different agendas, desensitize, desensitize, you know, it's normal. Now this generation grows up thinking this is normal, you know, and it just hang with me. I'm a little ADD, my brain. That's but, fine. You know, so me too. <laughs> my, point, my point is nothing was like overnight, you know, this whole thing, it's been years and years and decades in the making. And now it's just kind of coming to this, this head sort of, it's just like running at a very fast pace, you know, this uh, darkness we'll say. And, uh, but, but yeah, so for a while, but it does seem like the year of 2020 with who was in office with how upset that made people with, with the coof <laughs> with the, with that going on. Yeah. It just seemed like it so much exposure happened of just like, wow, wow. Like I, you know, a lot going on behind the curtains. Well, I think. And then too, let's see 2021, because we technically got on YouTube uh, again, we started as a podcast because we, we didn't know what we were doing and we decided to go on YouTube in I think we technically got on like the last week of June of 2020, but we only did like one like podcast episode a week. So we didn't really get serious into like YouTube until like February of 2021 of this year. 
And what got us serious into it is I pretty much for our channel, I wanted to be able to have a place because that used to be what was good about entertainment. It was something, no matter if you're Republican, Democrat, or independent, you guys could like Star Wars together yeah, or like whatever true. movie was out and talk about Come it. Come together over that. Yes. And it's like, whether it was sports, whether it's entertainment, they have slowly taken everything away from us in that regard. Everything is politicized. Yes. yes. And yes. so I... I had wanted our channel to not ever get into the political sphere because it's like, if you want politics, you can talk about with someone else. But it was when Disney Lucasfilm fired Gina Carano that like we both looked at each other and we're like, we need to address this. And it was kind of our coming out, so to, so to say, <laughs> on our channel of it like... Was. Uh, of at least all the yeah. far leftists realizing we don't agree with this. Like, we're not like that. This is wrong. It goes against free speech. And it was from that point on, like our channel just began to grow very rapidly. And we just kind of were like, okay, like, <laughs> like we'll begin yeah. to combat and push back against this in, in our way. You know, you've got yeah. the, right. the Jeremy's from Geeks and Gamers and the Ryan Kennels who have their colorful language <laughs> and their way of pushing back. Yeah. <laughs> But, but we will push back against it in our own light. We try to at times be lighthearted in our approach at it or even just kind of poke fun. Because sometimes, I mean, what they do is so stupid that you can just yeah. kind of laugh even, at even, it. Yeah, just a lighthearted <laughs> approach to, to the ridiculousness of some of these situations. Yeah. Yes. And That's so, so interesting that you got pulled in with Gina Carano. That was kind of, okay, we do have to say something. And yeah. I... I understand and respect that desire to have a show that's set apart from politics. And I see, I see Nerdrotic, for example, Gary, his show, sometimes in the comments, he gets flack from people who are like, I don't come here for politics. And, and the thing is, it's not politics. It's actually not like partisan Democrat versus Republican. It, it's not that it's, yes. it's, it's ideology. It's ideology that affects culture, which affects entertainment. And so it's sort of, um, I think the people who are wrapped up in it or any wrapped up in any fundamentalist ideology, they have trouble seeing that it, everything's not us or them. It's like your show, for example, you probably have people who are Democrat and Republican who watch you. It's not about politics. It's about like, do you believe that there can only be one way of viewing the world? Or do you believe that there's room for all of us to have all these different systems of belief and still come together and enjoy Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Is your audience like diverse? Do you know, is it, is it Christian well, atheist? Is it a variety of Definitely a mixture. Yes, it is definitely a mixture uh, within our audience, because I think, as you were saying, because it truly isn't political in its way, it can feel that way at times. So I would say pretty much anyone who is not like a far, far leftist probably doesn't have a problem with our channel because mm -hmm. we don't really, it's not like we're diving because in. Because let's face it, most other groups, aside from the one you just named, you can usually, you know, find common yeah. ground and get along. Like something else I've learned in this process of like watching political things and shows like yours, it's like, who knew I have so much more in common sometimes with a classical liberal than, you know, some of the Republicans of today. So you just kind of find like, oh, what so many of us have so much more in common than we would think we do, you know? Yes. Yeah. I have a lot more in common with like some atheists than I do with some people who call themselves Christian. 
and that became right. obvious. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of knew that going in, I think. <laughs> um, so you guys, uh, so you started doing the show, you were focused on entertainment and then, and then you felt we have to say something about Gina Carano being fired. Was it a surprise to you that your viewership actually increased after that? Or were you afraid it was going to? Yes. I was like so horrified to put out that first video uh, that we we did. And it was I, like. I like to take the credit for that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Because Michelle, it's, she was just like watching. We never watch them back before we post our stuff. But this one. You know, she wanted to watch it. She's like, I don't know, Natalie. I was I don't so know. nervous. You know, and I was like, this is great. Let's, <laughs> I mean, not to cheat her. <laughs> I was like, Let, let's do this one. You know, I had a good feeling about it. And, uh, and you know, so I think it was the right move. Yeah. I so, I, so. Wa I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. Do the thing that scares you, right? Yeah. Like, um, I had a friend with a very large channel who was afraid of being honest about his beliefs for a while and the fear of course is that when you're at that level he, he had a very large that it was like oh maybe we'll lose subscribers or lose viewers and and i'm a firm believer in yeah but whoever you lose you're gonna if you're following that path of honesty you're gonna replace them with better people <laughs> like yes, seriously absolutely. and that happens in my absolutely. in my friend's life as well as you know i, I would say that I think that happens with people who follow or subscribe to content, but it also happened in my real life with friends. I lost yeah. people and then I found better people. Have you guys always been, uh, uh, well, you, you said you became a Christian at 20, but have has your, have, have your beliefs changed to such a degree and, or in any way that you've lost real life friends or you've been afraid of losing things in real life? Not really because, um, and I, we were raised Christian. I just like got serious with the Lord when I was 20. Um, and I mean, I, yeah, so, but, but anyways, not really because the area we live in, uh, we live in a very, very, like we were raised conservative and we live in like the reddest County and one of the reddest States <laughs> of the United States of America. So it's usually not a big problem. <laughs> Uh, it's not a secret where you are, is it? What no, state you're in? Yeah, yeah, we're in Tennessee. <laughs> now, after becoming a Christian, I would say, yes, yes. yes that's more so like you, uh, you know, even here with all the other Christians, <laughs> <laughs> you lose some of the Christians. <laughs> the Christian. When you become a Christian. <laughs> yes. So, I think I get that joke. <laughs> so... Michelle, being an ordained minister, I've had people on the show before who were social justice within Christianity and who have now come out of social justice like me, but they, but they had a different experience with it because they were in the church and pushing it. And that's really fascinating to me. I've also talked to Christians who recognize the threat of social justice, people like Samuel Say, who've written articles like saying social justice and the gospel are antithetical being a pastor have you seen this belief system creeping into the church and what are your thoughts on is there something about christianity that makes people within the church particularly particularly susceptible to these beliefs um well yeah uh, i would say the 
literally, I mean, look at like the fruit of the spirit, compassion, like all these things, I would say the enemy is able to play on those things and perverse them with social justice warriors. Because say like in the church, we know racism is wrong. Hatred in your heart towards someone is wrong. So if that is like perverted, and, and, and I use that word, it's because, it, you know, it's a twisting to because yeah. we believe and I know you do racism is wrong, but that's not what social justice teaches. It's now teaching reverse racism. And I mean, I saw and I, I'm not sure I know where Mercer is. It's in Macon, Georgia. But I saw they had a professor in their divinity department, a, a black woman, get up and talk about how white people are inherently racist. Oh, yeah. And it's just like when that is happening at, quote unquote, divinity schools, that's getting really bad. And it has been my experience. I've not experienced as much in the the denomination that I'm uh, ordained with because it's very it's more conservative. Uh, it definitely is when they've done like polling and things. Um, but where I did really encounter it is like in seminary. And I find that like educate, like the educated, like the highly educated Christians are just as far left as mm -hmm. the non ones, the ones that you find at other schools. And they push those agendas about as much just with their Christian wrapping of, of this package. Christian yeah. flavor. Yeah. <laughs> You know, something when you say uh, it's re it's reverse races, I'll, I'm going to make disagree slightly there only because I think it's important when they when they say things like reverse racism doesn't exist. I usually say I completely agree with you. There's no such thing. It, there's just racism. Yeah, I think we need to quit accepting because to say that it that it's somehow reverse implies that racism only goes one direction anyway. Which is their definition. And it's just simply racist. It's also racist towards everyone because it's like that woman you mentioned who's saying white people have some inherent sin of, of white people are inherently <laughs> racist. Like that's incredibly racist towards white people. But as you know, they're also teaching that they teach they teach this sort of the the soft bigotry of low expectations that like black people can't be held to the same standards as white people or they can't be expected to reach the same level of success or to show up on time and that we need to change um, uh, the way that we grade people and, and the, change our system of meritocracy in order to accommodate black. It, that is, that is so racist towards it is. black people. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah absolutely. But, yeah. So, so uh, I just wanted to, you don't have to adopt my way of talking about it. I just found that's a neat thing. because no, no, also no, no. makes them, double do a double take when you're like, I completely agree. Like reverse racism is ridiculous. That doesn't exist. No, <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. I, I learned something that that is a better, like you have a gift of like, like figuring out their wording. And like, again, you helped put things together for me. And it's like, no, that, that is a better way because yeah. there is just racism. <laughs> yeah. And that one of the things that's wrong with that belief system. And again, I was in it for so long is that I, they got me to believe which is, it sounds so absurd to anyone who's watching, who was never in it. I know it sounds absurd, but they do this slowly. And they got me to believe that it only goes one direction, that it's only possible to be racist towards certain races, that it's impossible to be racist. If you're a different, like if you're black, it's impossible for you to be racist towards a white person, things that are, and, and the same thing with sexism. They got me to believe it's impossible to be sexist towards men. And, and that kind of stuff is, 
that's like the most basic um, redefinitions that they do that would to an outsider sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. but when you're in it, once they get you to accept that, I mean, think about it now, now that they've got you on a path where there's going to be things down the road that it's much easier to get you to swallow because you've already, you've already internalized that and said something right. so ludicrous, you know, definitely. Um, so before you have to go, Natalie, uh, why don't you tell me one thing? I'm just going to do a little bit more frivolity today because I'm feeling sure. like it and it's almost Thanksgiving. Why don't you tell me something that uh, people would be surprised to know about your sister? Oh, oh, good. Okay. I'm <laughs> that was a it was a little first on the end there. <laughs> or if you don't like that question, we can skip it. Hey, I like the question. I'm just like, what is she going to say though? Gosh, I don't know. I guess my first gut like feeling, make it good, Natalie. I, I guess <laughs> is to brag on you and just say, even though maybe people that know us, I come across more like mushy and sweetsy. It's like Michelle is like so kind and caring and really takes in when you say, and she's one of those people like if something bothers you and you tell her, she doesn't necessarily get offended. She'll like take it in and then like work on it and change it. And I've just found in life, there's not many people like that. So I'm just lucky enough to have one as my sister. Well, thank you. (laughs) So you can give constructive criticism and she listens. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Just a a good heart in this one. That is very rare. I I have to agree. Um, And then, and then what about Natalie? What's something that people don't know? Let's see. Shelly, you got it. You got to top that. I know. I'm like, how do I top this? <laughs> let's see. How do I top it? Uh, let's see. Well, it's hard because I feel like people do know. <laughs> well, the reason I'm thinking so much is because, like, if I think of a good quality for Natalie, it would definitely be her compassion and her caring heart. Um, but but I'm feeling oh, you just turned it around and gave it back. To but me. but, but I like but I feel like I feel like most people do pick that up. So that's why I feel like that's a trick answer. Oh, because they already know. Because they that's already good. know. Most, I'll good. go ahead and tell you, most people probably don't know based on me online. Actually, that I'm actually pretty funny in real life. I just get like nervous <laughs> and I lose my sense of humor. Okay, it's like a deer in the headlights. Yes, yeah, that is true. I was going to say, most people may not know you're very bi- a, a massive introvert, but they may. They may know that. They might pick up on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, thank you for being here with us today. Am I getting the timing right about you leaving? Yes. Soon? Yes. Okay. And thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. I was just telling Michelle before we started, it's like we're a little starstruck, honestly, Carrie. It's like oh. we're watching you like a year ago or so. And it's like, you know, and it's like, who knew a year later? we'd be on your channel. It's funny how life works like that. So this is awesome. I love it. Thank you. I'm so happy to have discovered you. And like I said at the beginning, it's, uh, it's so, it's so interesting that you're just sort of, everybody has their, like you said, their own way of pushing back against bad ideas. And you guys are in this really interesting space because you're an entertainment channel, but you're also open about your faith. And so it puts you in this weird crosshairs, I think. Um, uh, crosshairs maybe not the best word. A re- an interesting <laughs> niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, and Natalie, yeah. if people want to follow you online, they you have your own separate Twitter, right? 
I do. I am a Natalie R, like the letter, the letter R, Grace. <laughs> I don't know why I need to explain that. Grace uh, on Twitter, Natalie R. Grace. Yeah. So follow me there. And thanks again for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. I'll Bye, see you. Natalie. I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye, Cheryl. See you, see you later. <laughs> okay. Now that she's gone, tell us the real secret. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to switch gears here and ask you a question that's really interesting to me as a new Christian who's kind of ignorant about some of this stuff, and and maybe it's interesting to atheists as well. But there's a lot I've been, I feel like I've been catching up on coming to <laughs> my belief system late in life, and so obviously I'm catching up on scripture. I'm just learning about different differences within the church. Like I just learned in the past couple of years about prosperity gospel and. Mm -hmm. Big Eva. And one of the things I've learned about is complementarianism. And I wanted to see if you could give people like me an overview of what that disagreement is within the church and, and tell us a little bit, because you're a woman in theology and the way that yeah, I understand so it there, you go ahead. I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, I was just going to say, so my theology would be egalitarian. Um, okay. So that that that's where I come, and people can take like SJWs would take an egalitarian approach to like a, an ultimate extreme, but then legitimate sexists can take a complementary approach to its extreme and use it. And, and really, so I mean, the division I, is there are egalitarians and there are complementarians. Yes, is that it? and okay. As an egalitarian, I believe. So I believe when you look at men and women, the way we were created, I believe that we, of course, both men and women, it says God created men and women, both in, in his, in their image. Again, the triune God language is used. Um, I view it as men and women are literally equal. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean that men aren't stronger. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean we don't have our different things, but that we are truly equals in, in the Lord and just in general. A complementary, a complementarian approach has like a pecking order. And I kind of view it this way to me, kind of your view, they, they probably would disagree with me on this, but your view on the trend, like on the Trinity can kind of go with this because when uh, Paul, they get this from Paul where Paul talks about the, the husband being the head of the wife and that type stuff. And he compares it to the Trinity. And here's my take. So to me, as an egalitarian, I see like this, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, like they're one, like equal footing, but one. Uh, and I see that husband and wife, equal footing, um, where like the other, they're going to view it that they wouldn't say this. But to me, there's that pecking order, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And you see that in uh, husband, wife, child. Like they, they probably would not agree with me if they were sitting here, but if you read their theology, that's what, I mean, that, that, that's the way they view it basically. So most people who hold that belief aren't going to really love women in ministry um, and, and to, to different degrees in that. So they believe it's not, it's not something that God wants women to do to preach Yes. Like I, I remember, uh, like, do you know, do you know, Allie Beth Stuckey? She's like a conservative. I know of her. I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember like, like over a year ago, I was, I, 
I don't ever watch her. I just somehow she popped up on my YouTube and for whatever reason she was talking about it and, you know, got on a kick of how women shouldn't be preaching and all this other stuff. And I was thinking, aren't you a political talk person? I don't, I don't know <laughs> why you have the authority to state this at this moment. Um, but but yes, they, they hold that kind of, yes, how, how dare a woman speak that women are to have no authority over a man because men are here, women are here. Do they, so they believe women should have no authority over men. Do they extend that into places outside of the church? Like, do they believe women oh, should? It's, it's very much that way in the home. <laughs> okay. And if you ask me the way, the reason they don't like egalitarian approach is because of the home. It's like, let's keep our power structure at home. Uh, like they, they would, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's that old way that the men make all the decision type thing. They are the head of the house and yada, yada, yada. It, it's kind of, in my opinion, a little 1950s, but <laughs> that's just this my is, opinion or my take on it. <laughs> this is so interesting to me because I don't have an opinion on it. I don't know enough about it to have an opinion. That's why I'm asking you. And thank you for telling me a little bit more about it. I, I've started to think about, uh, I definitely, I don't have an opinion on women preaching. It doesn't, I don't know. I guess I need to think more about it. Like, I don't think God would say that's not something, that's not something I want women doing. Um, but that's just a gut. I'm not basing that on any scripture. I, I, I need to read more about this. Well, but I, in the home, I, could make, I, I was going to say, I can okay. make many different, I'm not going to, we don't have time for that. I can okay. make many different theological, historical and biblical arguments as to why. Plus obviously my experience. Um, but I don't know, where was I going with that? My mind just got ADD. Um, here, here's one parable I'd let you think about, or okay. not parable, story with Jesus. Uh, they are walking one day and John says, hey, those people are talking, they're preaching about you, but they're not really with us, Jesus. What do you want us to do? Do you want us to call fire down upon them? And Jesus says, if they're not against us, they're for us. And he just keeps walking. And my point being in that is it's like, do you really think when that's his approach, like he's going to, like God has this such harsh <laughs> opinion that like, no, shut the women up. They are to be silent. Don't let them talk. <laughs> that, you know, let's only have 50% of the people share uh, about me. That's a good point. That's all. That's a good. It's like, no, rain fired out on them. They're women. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus just so flippantly in that, in his response, just, you know, if they're not against us, they're for us, leave them alone. <laughs> so do you see, uh, so I, I, one opinion I do have, I've started to, to think about, and I think I hold this is in my personal relationship anyway, in the home, I think I have become more conservative in that I, I came to a belief in the past couple of years that it's hard to have two leaders, that there needs to be one leader in a partnership. And I'm comfortable with that being my husband. Um, and I think maybe in the home, if someone were to ask me, I would, I do, I think men are, should always be the leader in the home. I would say, no, I think there's probably some relationships where the woman is more suited for that. But I do think that one person is just sort of take the lead as like the final word on decisions. Otherwise you'll be deadlocked without a third. <laughs> and, so, and so I kind of, I guess maybe in the, in my personal life, I'm a little bit more complimentarian in my household. And I think we both have different strengths and 
I never feel that he wouldn't listen to me. I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with someone who wouldn't consider my opinion, but I'm comfortable at the end of the day saying, I want you to be the leader. Does, does that make sense? Is that, does that make me, what am I? Am I a complementarian or am I an well, egalitarian? I, I think, I mean, I, I think you can be an egalitarian and believe that because mm-hmm. you, you don't think you're less than him. And right. like, you know, you would give your opinion because too, you know, scriptures that I go to on that, because they, they just go to women should be submissive, but the scripture also says, submit one unto the other. And in any relationship that has to happen, like at times you're going to submit to him and at times he's going to submit to you. Like, that's just how like a healthy relationship functions. And um, so, so that's kind of what I would say with that. And then, you know, also it's like you said, it's different personalities. Some men are a little more passive, but then also, uh, you know, I think some men also at times should be more the go-getter. That's more that masculine energy that they should also operate in. And and I'm fine with that. I mean, so I think, I think you just need both really. And again, again, one submitting to the other and just kind of find what works for you. And two, another scripture, my, my mind, it just caught it. Uh, a scripture that's very important that I believe is that it says that if two can agree, how can they walk together? So there does have to be agreement, which that is that, you know, you're both coming to an agreement with, with whatever it is, if it's a a big thing or whatever. Yeah. It, you know, it's also interesting because I know sometimes I have a little SJW in my head. Who's like telling my, the old me is like, what about this? You know? And (laughs) one of the things that I think a contrarian would say is you're setting up, it's a recipe for someone to, for an abusive personality to take control of a woman and tell her, you know, and I absolutely agree. And I, I don't think it works when you've got someone who, I don't think you should be in a relationship with someone who's like that, who's a, who's a tyrant and, and who's going to abuse any type of responsibility that they have. And, and I think that's, that's not what I, that's not what I'm talking about anyway. For example, he's even given that choice back to me on things where I've kind of like, I want you to make the decision here. And he's like, no, I think this is something that is unique, (laughs) you know, in the selling of my house, for example, this was my house before he and I got married. And it's like, should we take this offer or should we try to stay, keep the house or what? And he's like, at the end of the day, I'm going to support whatever you want to do. I'm like, but I want you to decide. (laughs) Sometimes that's a lazy, I think it's a lazy, it's on my part. It's like, I want to escape the responsibility of having made a choice. And so I have to be aware of that too and say, Oh no, like take responsibility, Carrie, make the choice here. So yeah, it's a say later. You did, you did tonight at this, you know, (laughs) Well, well, and you know, even kind of in his response, I mean, I think too, again, like I said, I I believe even as an, like taking it egalitarian approach uh, there, there's agreement in that. Like that, you know, that's all I would say is that with any couple, no one should be like ruling over the other one. There there should be that submitting one unto the other. And yes. at times the man's going to take the lead. And at times uh, a woman's going to take the lead. I've seen that in my parents' relationship. There's times, you know, both either one's going to take the lead on a situation. Sometimes it's a job for a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes, you know, I think base and, you know, this goes against this show's called deprogramming. I'm about as type a kind of alpha personality as a female can be. And even I will tell you 
like in looking for a spouse, there are certain things you just want men to take control and to like to take care of it, like just take mm -hmm. care of that, that situation. Yeah. Um, so I think some of those things are just kind of the difference again, and kind of uh, masculine and feminine energies. Mm -hmm. it, how big of a, I, I can't get a grasp on how big of a division is this in the church? Is it a big deal that this whole egalitarian versus complementarian thing, or is it like a minor, minority of people who are, who are complementarian or, it's more, and I'm not trying to call out a specific group, but you get this argument a lot going on saying the Southern Baptists, like the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, that's where you get a lot of these arguments uh, coming from uh, because they're not very big on women ministers. And by not very big, I mean, they don't particularly like it much at all. Um, so you kind of get that argument there. But the rest of the church, I would say, is pretty easygoing on the, this, these topics. Why is that that so I was raised Southern Baptist and left it around 15 or 16. You know, when I went to a science of math school, I slowly started shutting that belief system that I was raised with. And but I always had this memory of it being this very conservative mm -hmm. uh, type of faith, of Christian faith. And it was only becoming a Christian in the past few years that I realized oh my goodness, they're being in infiltrated by the woke and yeah. they've been infiltrated by people who are pushing critical race theory. Why is it, how is it that they remain con this conservative in this way about sex, about, about what women can do versus what men can do, but they've become so woke when it comes to race. Well, and I would say this, and this is nothing against, you know, I have Southern Baptist friends. Uh, so this is nothing against that. I'm just talking strictly theology and their arguments um, I would say they're legit. Some le there is there's been some legit sexism and probably racism within that group of people. Oh, I and believe that. They, and because they've just ignored it and pushed it down and down, I think it's opened the door for SJWs to come in and say whether say whether it's a, and I don't really watch her or listen to her, but like Beth Moore. I guarantee you Beth Moore has encountered a lot of sexism, like in her time. What has that made her uh, kind of open to this new version of SJW that comes in and is, sounds to her ears like they're fighting for what she believes in. But I, I, I think like Beth Moore in her heart of hearts is not an SJW. Like she's yes. just been kind of manipulated because they're talking the opposite of what she's been dealing with of what she's experienced. Yes. yes. That's the and heart that's, of it. Yes. And, and that's where it stays like at the, when I first listened to you, uh, what it really, I began sending it to my brother who we went to the same seminary. My brother's a minister. I sent it to a few of my, my friends, my female friends that went to the seminary. Um, because I am, I was raised, I would consider myself a conservatarian, uh, like, but I was raised more conservative and, but is conservatarian, is just to be clear, is that like conservative libertarian? Yeah. Like if it was, okay. the, you know, the, four, the, the chart with the four, like I would be like on the conservative side, but down like towards the libertarian, like I'm okay. like far away from authoritarian, you know, authoritative, <laughs> and, and down towards libertarian. Um, but like, and all my friends are kind of more that way too. And, you know, again, I'm very pro-woman. I'm a female minister. Uh, I believe that, 
women should have full rights within churches and ministry. But because there has been sexism, even in the tradition I was in, more in the past especially, uh, it opens the door for this SJW element to come in. And to my ears, you know, it's like I would be agreeing with these with some of the professors that are SJWs. I would be agreeing with them on one end because we both believed in women's rights and, and this type stuff and women should be viewed as equal. But then there would be like this, huh, that I never could figure out of, OK, I agree with you here, but why do I not fully agree with you? Like, what is this disconnect that's between me and you? And it was when I listened to you, it was like I was able to put together. Like, it's because they're presented like an SJW, an agenda, and I'm, I'm not that. Like, I don't believe yes. that. <laughs> so so you, you kind of, I, I think that again, back to the Southern Baptist, I, I just think because of legitimate gripes, it's opened the door for them to manipulate the situation. Yes. And, and that that's the nail on the head because... That's the way it was in the secular world as well. It was sold to me as one thing and it was something entirely different. It's that Mott and Bailey type of thing where they say, well, feminism is just about believing that women are human beings and that they're equal. And you're like, oh, I agree with that. Great. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then it's like this whole other, oh, and you must be, you know, pro-choice and you must uh, be- believe in, you know, they'll throw in a bunch of specific policies and things that it's like, wait, but that's not, I don't agree with all that. Oh, well then you're not a feminist. It's like, no, but I am. And they're doing the same thing now with race. The they're putting out this one sort of um, very vague statement that, you know, we are just, we are just anti-racism. Are you anti-racism? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Or we just believe black lives matter. Do you believe that? Yes, I do. And then, and then along with it, it's like destruction of the nuclear family and teaching people to judge and, and, and treat people differently on the basis of race and, and teaching that we're a white supremacist nation and we're founded on white supremacy and all of these things that it's like, Oh wait, you're just sneaking all that stuff in because I agree with this here. I don't agree with all that stuff. Yes. You know, quit presenting yourself as something that you're not. Uh, so that's interesting that you would say maybe within the church, it's that people are people like Beth Moore, whoever they're not. They're not social justice if they could see the whole everything that comes with it. It's it's the they're taking things at face value. Like would I would that? love. Yes. Like I would love for. Beth Moore to listen to like that video that I heard of you like break down like the social justice warrior narrative because and maybe she still would be a part of it. I don't know. I just think I don't think that's truly who she is at all. And I know she's Mm -hmm. kind of gotten linked in with some of the stuff. Again, I don't follow her. I don't really know what's going on at this point. Um, But I don't think that's who she really is. She just kind of has gotten hooked in and she hasn't figured out yet that there's a difference there from what she's wanting and what they're presenting. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Michelle, it took me two decades to figure it out. So hopefully (laughs) hopefully some of these people are just now getting into it. Hopefully they they're faster learners than I was. Uh, (laughs) You know, what's so bad about it is it's like, I feel like once I finally put the connections together and have kind of stepped back and kind of altered my way of viewing things, my voice actually will matter on issues like women having full rights as far as ministry in that that regard because the male ministers know I'm not like that. <laughs> like yeah. 
like I'm not, I'm not pushing something here. Like, um, so I think it almost gives you like more of a voice because there, here's what I'm trying to get at. The more say the Southern Baptist convention, we'll go back to them. The more the SJWs creep in and try to push their agenda, the more they're going to dig their hills in and go away from maybe giving more liberty to women. Like it's having a bad effect. Like it's doing the opposite of what those women want it to do. Yes. Yes. That's a great point. I think because you know, that, that uh, Newton's law, it's the third law of thermodynamics. I forget which one, but the one that says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's kind of how I view social justice is social justice is this extreme fundamentalist authoritarian ideology that says there's only one way of thinking. It's fundamentalist. It's like any other way of viewing the world might as well be a Nazi. You know, it's us and Nazis. (laughs) That's the way it's like, this is the right way to be a moral person, just this belief system. Right. And, and because that's so extreme and because their methods are so extreme, their methods are judging and treating people differently on the basis of race and sex. And, and they have this postmodernist element that says there's no objective truth and, you know, everything's subjective and how I identify is just as valid as what there's no reality. It's a, it's a destruction of reality because it's so extreme. I've been afraid for a few years now, I know a lot of people are, that it's going to provoke this extremism, this kind of digging in of the heels that you talked about and, and, and push people on the other side a little bit more extreme in their views. And that's, that's always been a fear for me is that it's, there'll be this backlash that the boogeyman they talk about, they talk about this white supremacist patriarchy and this authoritarianism on the right that I actually don't really see very much of representing an, in our current culture. I see it in the past. I don't see it now, but I think they're going to create that boogeyman or they could create that boogeyman. Well, I, I believe I was, I heard like Megan Kelly and I can't quote her right, but she was talking about how like it's proven, like the more they talk about race, so we'll use that. The more that you put it in the frontal lobe of people's brains, the more like you're actually going to aggravate them to where they, they are becoming annoyed with the whole situation. Yeah. Like it will have like a reverse thing where people are just tired of it. Yeah. They're, you know, they're tired of hearing about that. And yeah, I, I definitely think that is the case. Yeah. Well, I'm glad there are uh, preacher. Can I call you a preacher? Are you a preacher? Yes, I am. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, like I, I'm a, like, I kind of evangelize. I'm not a pastor. I, I have been an associate pastor, um, but yes, I, I'm a reverend technically. You're a reverend. See, I don't know the difference yet between all the terms, reverend, preacher, pastor, friar. They, they just kind of come <laughs> up with, I'm a preacher. I'm a reverend. I'm, you know, whatever title you want to use really. <laughs> minister. Well, I'm, I just go with minister. Minister. Okay. Well, I am glad there are ministers like you out there because, um, I think as this becomes, and I, I do, I am, I am hopeful. I think it's going to burn itself out at some point, but until it does, there's that danger of there being this overreaction and this, this overcorrection um, yeah. against it, this backlash against it. And so I think we need more common sense minded people like yourself in the church. And I'm really happy you're doing what you're doing. And I love that your show is like not even a theology show. It's a entertainment show. So I probably made you talk about God more on this show than you do. on. (laughs) I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Uh, Yeah. No. And if you want to talk about, uh, cause again, I mean, I, I have, 
encountered like SJW like ideology within like theology classes. And that is utterly annoying. <laughs> Can you, well, how about this? I like hearing uh, people articulate their explanation for why it's incompatible with Christianity, because it helps okay. me when I'm talking about it as well. In your words, why do you view social justice or, or, or do you view it? I, I'm assuming you do view it as incompatible with Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> and, and can you explain why? Yes. Uh, well, let me think of how to explain that. Because, again, I would use the word, I guess I'm using a theology word, like it's a perversion of truth. Uh, like, like I believe women are equal. And again, that doesn't mean that men aren't stronger or have their abilities that are different from women and women vice versa, that I agree with all that. But I believe we're equal. But SJW, as you know, it begins to subtly plant a dislike of men or to view like, oh, it's just a bunch of white men in power, like that type of mindset, which is very... Uh, it's just not, it's, it's damaging. And then as far as, again, I think especially where you can see it so much too, is in this, this, the race situation. And I will go back to that, that professor at Mercer. And, and I guarantee she's not the only one. If you begin to look around at these, these seminaries that, that things they're saying that white people are inherently racist. Well, where can you back that up in scripture? Like you can't. Like you can't at all. Like you're just making things up at this point that are so contrary to what you claim to believe and teach, which is horrifying. Um, because I mean, with scripture, as far as, and two, because SJW, a, as you have so eloquently explained, it, it really is a, you know, a form of Marxism. And Marxism, of course, being about, you know, exchanging power. And I think where I where it really bothers me is does my theology uh, help you know kind of have an impact on my political ideology? Sure, it does. It, it informs it to a degree, but they're the the opposite. It's like their political ideology is informing their theology, and that never should happen. Yes, thank you for saying that. That's the clearest I've heard it put, and I haven't thought of it that way before, but that's exactly what it is. There's a hierarchy there where instead of instead of God being at the top of their hierarchy, it's their it's their social justice ideologies at the top. And yes. then everything's filtered, including God, including the Bible, everything's filtered through social justice instead of the other way around. Absolutely. And you know, it and practical ways we can view this. Um, so the Bible is all about charity, giving to those in need, you know, there's a lot, I should say it's all about, it is all about charity in the form of love. Um, but, but it does talk about giving to those in need. And, and you see that in scripture, the, the church helping others out, but the difference is they're giving out of their own free will. The Bible also talks about a cheerful giver where the SJWs again, because it's that, it's their political ideology informing their theology. That's why they, you know, will write will write whole pieces about why socialism or communism is the way, because yeah. now government is supposed to come take that and redistribute it to everyone, 
where I, you just can't really find that in scripture (laughs) and scripture again, it is out of your own free will you give and you help people. And I mean, that's why different groups like the Salvation Army were created because they wanted to help those in need. But, but that is again, people giving out their own free will and not a government forcing uh, that to happen. (laughs) You know, you're making me, you're reminding me of uh, something I want to do on our channel and maybe you guys want to be a part of it with me at some point, but I wanted to do a series of, we're, we're talking about doing some more humor stuff. And at some point I wanted to do a video of Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount, but it would be social justice, Jesus. And he's like, gather around, gather around. And then he's like, white people are inherently racist. Because I think (laughs) out of the mouth of Jesus, it's like, at that point, it's like, look, see how absurd this is? He would never say that. He would never say that. It doesn't belong in seminary. (laughs) Absolutely not. No. And and I mean, it's baffling in seminary, you know, the words they use instead of a word I heard so many times in seminary was the marginalized, going mm-hmm. to the margins and, the, and this, these marginalized groups. And, it, and it's just their way of talking about minority groups. Yeah. <laughs> but, they but, also, but they though, use yeah. that word interchangeably with oppressed. So yes, and when they want to have... Yeah. A stronger impact, they'll change it to oppressed, and they'll also substitute privileged, the privileged person for the oppressor when yes. they want it to have a stronger impact. But then when they want to soften it, just like the Martin Bailey thing, when they want to soften it, they'd be like, "But don't you agree this person is might have a kind of privilege in society?" And I'm like, maybe there is in some cases a privilege attached with this. And they're like, "Ah, see." And so anyway, the oppressor, and you're like, "No, I didn't say oppressor. Like, this <laughs> is not an oppressor." <laughs> yeah, um, but, but but they do. They have their and it was so funny when I first listened to your interview because you started talking about how like there's no joy in this mm-hmm. ideology. And it's like the people that are like the SJW professors or teachers in like like they have no joy. Wow. It's like they're they're always weighed down and it and it's just like I don't know what Christianity you guys have, but like that's not the one I have. <laughs> Like I, 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 you know, at times, you know, we as humans, we all, whether you believe or not believe in Christianity, we all suffer. That's a part of it. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. need to seek out any additional suffering in my life. Like it will find you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But it's like, you know, they just like, they're, they're robbed of joy. Like everything's about, I mean, in, in theology, they just, I don't know. It, they, it's its the exact same as what you dealt with in Hollywood with the SJWs. It really is just with a Christian flavor. They are, they self-flagellate. It's its yeah. like the Puritans. That's their Christianity. My Christianity is full of joy. Um, if social justice moves into Christianity and perverts it, to borrow that word from you, um, its it sucks all the joy out of everything, just like it does everywhere. And so it becomes about this sort of whipping of oneself and, and confessing your, your privilege or the fact that you're in an oppressor group and, and it's a workspace, it's, it's a works-based faith because, and they even say, do the work, you have to do the work, but there's no grace. It's constantly, your salvation is through continually doing the work as a person who's in a privileged group. And yes, yes. Like, and, and, and I'm not following any of them on like Twitter because I just, 
what's the point? Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> but, you know, even like with Thanksgiving, I'm sure there's probably feel like uh, seminary teachers out there writing about how we need to sit and like absorb like the, the, the tears that the Native Americans cried and, and all the, you know, oppression that we caused on them. And obviously the Trail of Tears is very sad. Like what happened mm -hmm. to the Indians was terrible what we did. But like, what am I, what is me being miserable today going to help what they did back then? <laughs> no, it, it actually furthers everything they're doing in terms of trying to destroy history in some ways, trying to destroy um, uh, an accurate telling of history, the, pushing this false narrative that they have that everything was uh, black and white, that there's good guys and bad guys, that there's not a lot of nuance to yeah. history, that that things can be divided up by, that you can say the bad guys are defined by a race or by a sex. That that Everything they're doing is setting us up to repeat the same mistakes of history over yeah. and over and over again. And I think a lot of them don't, realize that I think some of them do but but I think there's a lot of people in it like myself who don't who haven't yet realized that everything I'm doing is is setting us up for some point down the road to start repeating these same mistakes with like without even realizing it that's how history repeats itself we become yeah. convinced that we are the good guys and that this is a noble the, the that the ends justify the means and we allow ourselves to be changed people who are in social justice they allow themselves to be convinced that the way to end sexism and racism is by judging and treating people differently on the basis of race and sex. It's like, wow, you just allowed yourself to be changed because you think the ends justified the means of doing yes. this evil thing because you have just ends. And, you know, I'm just ranting on my own interview now. I'm sorry, Michelle. Well, <laughs> no, and, and you know, something, something even like they do, you know, they, they kind of do, they play such a big emphasis. So say, since we're on it, since I'm a women minister, like women in ministry. And it's like, I just like, I don't want to be known as a female minister, just a minister. Like I want it to be, that normalizes it. Like I'm not different. I'm just, I'm a minister who happens to be a female. Yeah. You're not coming in with a Bible with a woman symbol on the front. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your female minister has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> uh, um, okay, well, I'm I'm going to wrap this up. I uh, I want to thank you for being here with us today. We definitely want to have you and Nellie back. Or if you yeah. would be willing to come hang out with us on a Friday show. And uh, before we go, just tell people again, we're going to put this in the description of the video, but tell people again where they can find you guys online. Yes, you guys can find us at Force of Light Entertainment on YouTube. Uh, also, I run the Force of Light Entertainment account on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us there. So those three places. But yeah, if you enjoy, and again, we've talked so much about Christianity, but you don't have to be a Christian to enjoy our channel. Like we're not going to force it down your throat, <laughs> like so to say, uh, because, and you said this, I believe on ours, but you know, as a minister, it's not my job to like 
it's not my job to force Christianity on you. Like, like I, that's, that's not what I, I'm attempting to do. I may speak, you know, that's going to come out occasionally because I am who I am. It's a part of my belief system. But, but, you know, I say all that to say we welcome whoever, pretty much anyone is welcome. I mean, the, the far left people are welcome to come chat if they can be respectful. Uh, they don't ever seem to come, but oh, well, sometimes they'll leave a mean comment. But, but, uh, Again, you don't you don't have to be if you are because I do know you have some atheists and things that that watch your channel and they're welcome too. I and mean, I want to say it is entirely my fault that we spent so much time talking about <laughs> theology because I don't often get to speak to theologians and and I, I as much as my friends have tried to get me to care about Star Wars, I just don't. <laughs> I'm very I have a lot of questions right now about God and stuff but I don't have a lot about stuff. although wait I do have one I have I own the uh Star Wars holiday special just because it's so bad do you do know you, I've never you... watched that I've never what? watched it yes I've never watched it <laughs> it's terrible and B Arthur's in it you know from the Golden Girls and she's singing. Oh. It's uh, it is very strange. You should <laughs> maybe maybe we should have a watch party and do that. That then we could do something totally different at a different point. <laughs> that would be fun. And and we talk like on our channel. We talk like all things entertainment. We get into you know cancel culture. Star Wars is just my most passionate thing. But we definitely we talk way more than than Star Wars. Star Wars hasn't made me happy since they fired Gina. So <laughs> but we discuss all things uh and, and we again we try to do it in a more humorous way a more light-hearted approach which well, which is actually funny is actually funny carrie some of the most downvoted videos we get are not the ones pushing back against cancel culture or them pushing ideology into entertainment but it's just when we give like general light-hearted movie reviews <laughs> and people get really offended yeah they get really mad that if if like we took a take that they did not have. <laughs> Tiger had to butt. It would not be an episode of Unsay Space without Tiger inserting his opinion <laughs> at the end. Well, you know what's, I go through different stages where I'm interested in a lot of different things, but I kind of, uh, I don't know the way my brain works. I'll get obsessed with something for a while and I'm on that thing. And I'm thinking about that thing where I'm reading. So if I like true crime, there'll be times when that's yeah. all I'm watching is true crime. And then I'll move on to, you know, I was a big fan of the walking dead. So for a while, all oh, I was yeah. doing was re reading walking dead comics and watching that show. And then I'm done with that. So I kind of jump around <laughs> and lately I've just been really focused on, I guess, more of uh, the Christian topics in my, in my personal life. And so I was led, I was led to talk about that more, but in entertainment, I just kind of checked, checked out recently, other than watching old movies, my husband and I have sort of been watching a lot of stuff from the nineties when you could, when everything was still funny and people weren't yeah. afraid of offending everyone <laughs> or yeah. even older, like the seventies and eighties. So we've been watching stuff like, I mean, the jerk with Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> and do you remember that movie? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness. So when it comes to stuff that's in the in entertainment right now, uh, the only thing that I've watched recently that I could even talk about with someone, this is why I fail at when I'm on Friday Night Tights because I'm like, what are they talking about? Uh, <laughs> um, is, uh, oh, you're good. Oh, Squid Game. I did see Squid Game. I am a fan of, of horror. It is good. And even my husband who doesn't like horror, 
he enjoyed it. It was, it's very compelling because it's a story about people. The premises for anyone who, who hasn't seen it yet. It's a, a Netflix show. I think it's yes. a Korean series. It's not woke. It's just, <laughs> a, it's just a show about human nature and money. And so it's a show where um, these people who are in debt, all these various people who are in debt, are scooped up and given the opportunity to win an, an, an impressive amount of cash by participating in a game. And the game has life or death consequences, but they want the money and they want out of debt bad enough that many of them participate. And it's a little bit like Hunger, game, uh, okay, Hunger yeah. Games and uh, Battle Royale for anybody who saw that, but it's sort of about, you know, the stakes are life but what will you do? And, and you, I like the character arcs in it. You see that sort of someone who maybe you start off not really liking this person. You see them, you see their character grow and you see them become someone who makes good choices for themselves and for others. And then vice versa, you'll see someone who starts off kind of likable and you'll see what being put in, in a situation like that does to a person and how they choose to pursue avarice or, um, selfishness and you know and and let it corrupt their character so it's interesting in that way but. well yeah i may have to check that out yeah no i understand we even cover entertainment and we went through a phase where we didn't even do a lot of videos because i was bored with entertainment because mm-hmm. i mean hollywood's just so ridiculous at this point that it's yeah. they, they've kind of sucked the fun out of everything yes and, <laughs> So even even we I love entertainment and even I get bored with with some of this stuff at times. Like there's been some fun stuff to cover lately, but uh, yeah, I, I fully understand that. What have you seen lately that you like? I really enjoyed. We went and saw uh, this last weekend. We saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was really it was like an '80s movie made today. And and I enjoyed that that eighties charm that they don't really have today, because yeah. as I said as I said I don't know if you've noticed this like in our modern movies it's like say the like the Marvel movies although I'm not a huge Marvel fan but even the new Star Wars movies the sequel trilogy they move at like a, a breakneck pace like it's just like and then the movie's over and like eighties like they really took time to like let you absorb things. And like there were, they, they kind of let things build and build. And um, I mean, I personally, I really loved in 2019, the movie Joker. And I think that's why people probably loved it and didn't realize they loved it. It was like a 70s style movie that like slowly built up to this, this point. That I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. it's a great movie. Fantastic movie. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed Afterlife because it felt like a throwback. Okay, I might have to go see that. I don't. I don't know if I've seen a movie in the theater since Joker. Really, <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, yeah, because yeah. that was kind of towards the end of 2019. Yeah, but yeah, cool. after Afterlife was was it was a lot of fun. It was a cute movie. It, it's a good family movie. Okay, right on. Well, thank you, Michelle. We got yeah. a little entertainment at the end. Uh, so uh, thank you guys for joining us today if it was your first time watching Deprogrammed is a series that we do uh, mostly interviews with people where we talk about social justice ideology and we come at it from different angles Um, you can find Michelle and her sister Natalie at Force of Light Entertainment on YouTube and also at Force of Light ENT is that right on Twitter 
Let's see. It should. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, that's right. Because they break up the entertainment. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, you got it. <laughs> okay. Or just check below in the description. Thank you, guys. This has been, I don't know, Beverly. I'm always bad at wrapping these up. This has been another episode of Unsafe Space. <laughs> Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. To be honest, I am running out of patience with the following individuals. Here's a fun fact. Experts agree that inflation is good for you. As a reminder, self-defense can only be used as a last resort. You are legally required to first see if your death effectively deters your attacker. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.